The Cyber Briefing, a podcast from Lancaster University's Security and Protection Science. I think the challenge is that organisations have a lot to do and organisations still struggle with some of the fundamentals of cybersecurity. So trying to think about these additional threats on top of the basics becomes really challenging. Dr. Matthew Bradbury, I'm a lecturer in cybersecurity at Lancaster University, looking at context privacy in cyber physical systems. So I've got a whole variety of different bits of uh, cyber physical systems equipment. So I have a partially built drone that's still in the process of being assembled, all the way down to a small uh, sort of resource constrained bit of uh, IoT, Internet of Things devices. Um, So we've got sort of the drone that's sort of quite powerful, um, I've got sort of my laptop with me. This IoT device is sort of sort of a thousand times less capable than that laptop. So used for things like uh, sensing uh, for both the drone and the IoT device, but also lots of um, other applications as well. So we might use them as devices to control actuation of cyber-physical systems. Um, and sort of between these, I've got um, a software-defined radio and a homemade Yagi antenna. So we've got a software-defined radio, which is a, a really fantastic bit of kit. Um, so for common devices like sort of phones, um, both the drone and the IoT device, usually you're quite constrained in terms of the communication frequencies that they can talk over. But the software-defined radio is really convenient, so it lets us look at a really wide bit of the spectrum. In terms of the drone, I mean, I've seen quite a few of these around. People use them, I think, just for taking pictures, but also, I'm sure, for other reasons too. They're very, very popular. I don't know how many mm. thousands there are in the country, but, you know, something like that. What, what is the kind of implication for people who have drones, who are in business, who mm. perhaps have been snooped on or, or are using drones for their own commercial purposes? You were saying before about people using it you know, to deliver things. I suppose there is a risk that they could be tracked and a competitor could perhaps use that information as well. These drones and cyber-physical systems are sort of really useful for a whole variety of different purposes. So we might have drones for monitoring, drones maybe that are doing things like collecting physical items, dropping it off at different locations. So there's been some, some uh, companies looking at doing things like drone-based delivery. Um, of course, there's a company based in Milton Keynes that has got these small robots that are sort of driving around on the pavement um, doing delivery deliveries to, uh, to local people. And we think quite a lot about data and data privacy. We're getting to the point where we're quite good with this, so we can encrypt the data, we can make sure that people can't eavesdrop on it, and, and that's kept secret from uh, potentially malicious adversaries. But what we tend to forget about is the information that these systems reveal to people. And so with drones, it might be things like, a drone flew over you. Ah, well, that's a bit of information. What is the impact of that? So what kind of information has been revealed? So sometimes this will be sensitive and sometimes it won't. We've been talking about sort of drones being used to do things like filming. And if you are an organisation and your business primarily involves the filming of things with drones, potentially it's not that sensitive. But if you have, say, customers that you are delivering to, you could potentially reveal sensitive information about who your customers are by the way in which these systems act. Do firms think about that? I mean, at the moment, are they still kind of at the first level of using technology and maybe not thinking of the security implications of that technology? I think the challenge is that organisations have a lot to do, and organisations still struggle with some of the fundamentals of cybersecurity. So trying to think about these additional threats on top of the basics becomes really challenging. The Cyber Briefing, a podcast from Lancaster University's Security and Protection Science. You mentioned before these, was it IA? IoT, IoT. so in, Internet of Things devices. It's such as this, this is a, a very small, it looks about the size of a mobile phone perhaps, but 
when it comes to sort of the power of it, what, what could this do? The idea would be that these devices are run on very limited battery power. So maybe you uh, have two AA batteries and they've got to last for years. So they do sort of very basic tasks like sensing or maybe controlling actuation. They're quite often used in things like heating, ventilation, air conditioning for buildings. Um, so quite often people will deploy these in a building when it's initially being constructed, and then they tend to forget about it. So these will exist in the building, and as long as it keeps working, people aren't going to be checking up on it. Um, so things like software updates. Uh, people won't think about uh, making sure that the software of these devices is kept up to date. So if, if vulnerabilities are found in the firmware of the software that's running on these devices, uh, that means that you might end up with sort of vulnerabilities in the, the infrastructure that controls things like buildings. And for things like intercepting, trying to work out you know, what, what the temperature of this cold room at Lancaster <laughs> University is set to, for example, should you want to know that? Uh, this can be found out by using something like that. Yes, yeah, so um, also I've got uh, my directional antenna. So this is something that was made for me about 10 years ago by one of my technicians. Um, so we've uh, we got some metal tape measure and sort of have glued gunned it together. So this is a Yagi antenna. Basically it is a directional antenna. So you pick up uh, wireless signals from only a specific direction. And this one here is configured to 433 megahertz. So this lets you pick up uh, from quite far away information if your information or your systems have been built really well and the information is encrypted, fantastic. So we've still got that data privacy. If your systems aren't built particularly well or things haven't been gone well in procurement and say you've got a building management system that doesn't encrypt this information, you could have problems. But really we're sort of at the stage where most people are quite good about this kind of thing. So these systems generally will have suitable encryption on, on these wireless messages. However, what the directional antenna will give you is information about things like directionality. Where are these signals coming from? There was a fantastic video I saw on YouTube where they built a robot with a directional antenna and they were able to take a picture of a building in the 2.4 gigahertz spectrum. And essentially what this let you have is a heat map of where all your wireless access points are in a building. So if you're an adversary doing reconnaissance, this is a fantastic bit of kit because you get a bunch of information about the physical infrastructure that you're potentially trying to attack and the location of where these potentially sensitive network access points are. Because in this day and age, every building, I'm just looking around, you know, this one in particular, is probably emitting any number of different frequencies of, 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 of items that are producing or controlling perhaps the heat, the light, you know, the audio-visual displays you've got here, your laptop, you know, so everything is emitting something. If you were driving past one of these, you could perhaps work out what frequencies to block and therefore you could actually... I suppose, render this place useless, couldn't you? Potentially, so you could do denial of service attacks remotely from this. This will be illegal. There are regulations that sort of control the emission of the radio emissions from these kinds of devices. Um, so I'd recommend to, you know, not do it. Um, Ofcom will not be pleased. Um, but if you're an adversary that's not particularly interested in following uh, laws and regulations, then you do have that potential. The thing. So it strikes me when it comes to researching and indeed studying this this area of work, you know, this is the future because you know you'll be keeping businesses safe, you'll be perhaps creating jobs as well because it's like you said before, trying to stay one step ahead of those perhaps who want to delve into our passwords and our and our work is going to be the the challenge for the future, isn't it? So I suppose one of the things you're trying to do at Lancaster is to train and and, and help students who might be interested in this area. 
Yes, definitely. So we've got a number of students with uh, industrial linked placements that um, could potentially be looking at this. Uh, the university also currently has eight fully funded positions for UK home students. Um, so if anybody's interested, please get in contact. Hopefully in the future there'll be a couple of postdoctoral research opportunities. And of course for any businesses that are interested in getting engaged, we'd be absolutely delighted for them to get in contact. And your story as well, I mentioned at the start, I was going to ask you about your, how did you get into this line of work? Is this something that you, that you just kind of discovered and thought, this is fascinating, and it, was, was it something completely different you originally were looking at? Um, so, back in the day, during my undergraduate, I did a summer internship, uh, so I was back at the University of Warwick at that time, uh, looking at uh, location privacy in uh, ad hoc networks. So we had sort of a, a sensor network that had been deployed to monitor valuable assets. So uh, it's commonly described as the panda hunter game problem. So you've got a panda that's being monitored with a radio collar. How do you prevent poachers from being, being able to discover the pandas via the system that you've deployed to monitor and protect them? And can it be done? Is there, is there a way of doing that? Uh, yes. Yeah, so we, we looked at a couple of different techniques. Um, so in, the, in this example, we are monitoring pandas out in the wilderness. So there is no Wi-Fi, there is no, there is no 5G. So as part of this system, we uh, assumed that there would be a variety of these IoT devices deployed over um, tens of kilometers, square kilometers of area, so 10 square plus kilometer area. Um, and when the panda is detected, it needs to send a message back to some scientists working at a base station somewhere. So the route that message takes reveals important information about the direction the panda is into an adversary. So our directional antenna, an adversary with a laptop and a software-defined radio could walk into this field, maybe a hundred pounds worth of equipment, and go and track a panda defeating sort of this, this expensive and extensive deployment of equipment. So we can look at changing the paths message take. We can add in fake pandas into the network to lure them into different areas where real pandas aren't. And there's a variety of other different techniques that we can employ as well. And from doing that research back at Warwick, this kind of planted a seed, I imagine, with yourself to learn and, and do more? Yes, yeah, so I've, uh, I went on to look at um, privacy in vehicle systems. I had a, a brief foray into satellite security, and it was sort of that realisation that it's not just in a couple of these systems in a wide variety of our cyber-physical systems we have this fundamental problem of the information these systems reveal to adversaries and that's information that's not data so how can we protect this in a more general way and for students listening to this perhaps who are thinking about going down the same path what would you say to them what's your advice to somebody who has even half an interest in this area of work get in touch <laughs> um, I think the key is find something you're really passionate about doing and something you're really interested in and find the, the mentoring to help guide you along that path. The Cyber Briefing, a podcast from Lancaster University's Security and Protection Science.